episode 270, 270, 270 of Global From Asia, talking about United States trademarks and the walls that are going up between borders, requirements, new requirements, and new trends. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight-up, actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. All right. Thank you, everybody, for choosing to download and stream this. Shout-out to Naomi in Hong Kong. She gave us a $100 tip in WeChat. There's, if more and more people are choosing to listen to this in WeChat, we're trying to be multi-channel, multi border i don't know what you want to call it but uh they have this wechat donation function and uh, a few others have used it it's much appreciated thank you naomi i look forward to meeting her i'll taking a china trip hong kong china trip uh middle of september so i'm looking forward to catching up with some people in the community and uh yeah, I mean, the last few shows have gotten a lot of feedback from everybody. I really appreciate it. We're trying to keep it real. Trying to keep it real. Evan Tate giving us some nice comments on Facebook. We're getting some great feedback. Frederick from China Portal. I know you're a regular listener. Thank you for your support and insights and so many others. Uh, it was fun to have Chris Thomas on the show. He also shared in his Facebook group, and we've been getting other insights from people so i really appreciate hearing from everybody whether you're on our newsletter or social media or wechat or or wherever i really do appreciate it keeps us motivated and interested to to share this uh information that there's this it's not the biggest information in the world uh you know people might not choose this type of knowledge but you guys are and we're trying to uh, fill this Void and uh, today's show is another interesting one. Trying to keep it up, the last few shows of trying to get, you know, the clickbait traffic or the eyebrows raised. Well, it's not even that hard today's world. It's just really things are going crazy. So this one's an update. My friend, an expert in the IP world, worked in the U.S. trademark office as an IP lawyer. Now, Tyan Patel. And we bring him on the show to give an update. Um, a lot of you might have filed your own U.S. trademarks in the past. It's still possible to do that, but I don't know if this is a reaction of trade wars or policies. Um, but trademarks now need to be filed by U.S. Um, professionals or U.S. companies or U.S. people, which is an interesting update. I mean, America has always been, I think, too open, uh, living in China where it's too closed. Um, which has maybe led us to where we are with these trade wars. Uh, certain departments in the U.S., for different reasons, are starting to make you be an American or be a U.S. entity to file U.S. trademarks. So it's, um, I think, relevant to what we've been talking about in the shows. Uh, you know, I think a lot of, you know, sellers around the world just register U.S. trademarks without needing to be there, not needing to have any entities set up there. So I just thought this would be an interesting one to bring on to the show and Tyan, of course, gives us some other insights. And then afterwards, I'll do my blah, blah, blah like usual. So stay tuned for that if you're interested. This is a little bit of a shorter one than the last. I mean, the last one was like over an hour. You know, we try to keep these uh, 
depends. And there's no requirement of a length on a podcast. This one's a little bit shorter. So I hope you enjoy episode 270. We have always show notes and links and pictures on the website at globalformation.com slash episode 270. So is everybody excited for the trade show season? Heading out to Hong Kong and China this year for Q3, preparing for your orders, finding new suppliers. It's definitely a crazy time. And we're going to have an intimate... We're going to make it a little bit smaller this year, Cross-Border Summit. We've gotten a smaller venue just because we're anticipating a smaller turnout, but we want it to be as high value. We have such the same amazing speakers. We have the amazing masterminds. A lot of speakers are some of the previous guests, and it would be great to see you there. Guangzhou, China, first time in that city. Last few were in Shenzhen, not too far, but we're taking feedback from listeners and everybody in the community. And two full days plus a pre-event mastermind and of course a little bit of networking afterwards and even a workshop a couple of workshop choices from some of our very content prepared expert speakers afterwards so if you want to learn all about this crossbordersummit.com thank you hope to see you there thank you everybody for tuning in so today we're talking about always a hot topic in business is branding, IP, you know, of course, trademarks, patents, and more with my great friend and expert, Tyen Patel. Thank you for being here, Tyen. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show again. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. You're, uh, you're my connection in the U.S., for sure. We've kept in touch over the years since even with me being over here in Asia, and and uh, it's it's just really um a pleasure to have you back to share your your insights and experience so do you want to introduce yourself to everyone today yeah sure uh so uh just to introduce myself to the uh to the listeners today i'm a partner at baker hostetler it's a u.s law firm uh, based out of cleveland ohio i specialize in intellectual property counseling and transactions with uh, an emphasis in patent procurement, monetization strategies, and risk management from third-party claims. Great. Yeah, so I know you've even worked in the patent office back in your earlier career. So you've seen kind of, I would say, almost both sides of the table, right? Because now you're like representing clients for patents, but inside the patent office you were receiving these submissions from inventors and 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 other uh, firms trying to register their ip right so simple. that's right that's but, right yeah I, I started my career at the at the u.s patent and trademark office uh and received some valuable education on on the process uh internally for when inventions are received and how the patent office examines the applications ultimately to the grant of the patent. A wonderful experience, enjoyed my time, um, but uh, eventually made it over to the other side to private practice. And I've been in private practice now for, uh, gosh, uh, 12, almost 12 years. Okay. So, yeah, time is flying. So, we have quite a lot of different things we could talk about, and we've uh, 
seen trends in the industry as far as recording discs, you know, registering trademarks. And I know it's a little bit more basic for your experience, but I know it's something interesting for most mm-hmm. listeners is just a common trademark. I know people selling on Amazon or selling online, you know, a physical product, you know, they, they should they should or almost have to nowadays file a proper trademark. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's kind of like a core first step, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I would say any form of intellectual property uh, would need to be considered uh, in line with your business interests, particularly your your trademark, which uh, essentially is not the the functional nature of the the product or technology, but uh, helps to um, protect the name or the symbol uh, of the of the particular business or entity that, that you have. Got it. And just a little background. I'm not sure if, if you're even uh, listeners are aware, but you know, Amazon used to not require trademarks to get certain features in their platform, but I uh, don't know the exact year, but maybe it was 2017. I'm not, they started requiring to have a filed and registered and approved trademark for certain abilities in their platform such as adding videos having a storefront having more content and more photos on your listing so it's gotten of course made more people interested whereas before i think sometimes sometimes entrepreneurs don't file a trademark because they don't see anyone else filing it and then they're thinking that as long as they're the first use that they can protect it but I think now it was more important than ever to actually file it. I mean, do you know, you know I've heard of some people saying, oh, you don't, you don't need to file a trademark because as long as nobody else is using it, you, you're the first in use. Is that, that's probably bad advice, right? Well, you know, there, there is some truth to um, not filing a trademark and still having uh, you some rights to it because you're the first to use it. However, when you do file a trademark and and officially get listed on a register, then then you have um, there there are fewer hurdles uh, down the road that you would need to um, overcome if you're then trying to defend uh, you know, or assert your rights on the, for the trademark against a third party. So eventually, if you're trying to enforce your trademarks, if that's your position. Uh, to ensure that somebody else, such as a third party, doesn't come into the market and start using a uh, what we would call a mark, um, a trademark uh, that is somewhat similar to your trademark to then dilute the valuation of your brand. All trademarks do not need to be registered. Uh, you do establish common law rights based on, on use, but when you register... Uh, with when you get obtain a federal registration for your trademark, uh, you essentially are providing notice to the public that you are the first in line to use that trademark. So it kind of gives you a priority date uh, if there's any contentions with a third party. Yeah. So usually, I would usually suggest people if you're really serious about being your main business and your main product to. To register it, of course, there might be some testing period and uh, 
maybe you're not totally sure, but once you have some confidence, this is going to be something you're really working on. It's worth doing that. Okay. Maybe we, I think you said you had some cases. I think people would learn a lot by example or cases. Um, is there some kind of things you'd like to share about, you know, what's happening in the industry or some things we can learn from as business owners? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's actually been some, some hot, um, some hot cases that have just come down from the U S Supreme court. And for, for your, uh, for your listener, the U S Supreme court is the highest, highest court in the United States. And, um, those laws and any precedent from that court is applicable to any of the federal courts um, in the U.S. And so one of the main issues um, that has been unclear in the U.S. Um, related to um, a rejection of a, um, of a trademark. So, for example, say you're a business owner um, and you own trademarks. Well, the case, uh, let me just tell you the case. It's, it's called Mission Products um, versus Tempanology uh, LLC. And um, the decision just um, came down in May, at the end of May, from the U.S. Supreme Court. And it relates to an issue of bankruptcy. So say that you, um, say there's a trademark owner and the trademark owner owns um, owns trademarks and they're then licensing the trademark to a third party um, before before this case came out it was unclear whether if the trademark owner files for bankruptcy um, what would be the status of the trademark and the rights um, to the licensee which is the person who obtained the rights on the trademark uh, through the license and after this case uh, came down on, in tempanology the uh, the rules of how you would define a trademark um, are similar when it comes to bankruptcy issues are similar to patents. So in patents, the rule has always been under uh, Section 365N of the Bankruptcy Code that a, a, patent, um, a patent licensee would continue to obtain the rights of the patent even if the um, the patent licensor file for bankruptcy, which is good if you're a licensee, it means that there's no disruption in your um, your license. And similarly, now in the trademark side, for licensees, um, the, that similar rule would would apply here, which means that if you're a business and you are uh, looking to acquire a trademark. Uh, license from a third party because that person uh, owns the trademark, then even if that uh, trademark owner filed for bankruptcy, your rights would continue in the trademark. So for anybody who's always kind of squirmish on or uneasy on whether or not their rights would be extinguished um, in view of bankruptcy of a trademark owner, they can be rest assured, at least from a bankruptcy perspective, that um, their rights would continue as a licensee. And that's really important if you're developing your business model around a particular license, uh, trademark license. Makes sense. This is pretty fascinating. And also, I think one other angle I would like to use is, 
I didn't hope I don't surprise you with some question, but I logged into my Facebook just a couple days ago, literally. I got a notice that one of my pages was deleted because it's violating a trademark that somebody filed to AMP Facebook and Facebook uh, adhered to it and deleted my content and uh, gave me their email and their name and a case number and said contact this person directly or you can click this log. They don't want me to contact Facebook, but it says I can click here to to talk to Facebook. And uh, I don't want to disclose the brand name, but uh, I looked at their case and they, they had it for a classification that was totally different than the content that I was I was talking about. And I don't actually have a trademark for that, but I actually, uh, I responded to the Facebook and I said, this is a, uh, their trademark is for a totally different class. And yeah, the words may matches my words, but I'm not talking about anything similar to their trademarks classification. So sometimes you can argue against the other way because sometimes people take these IP and they try to over enforce, I feel. So it's also the other side, you know, like I think a lot of people get scared too easily because they get like some kind of scary letter but if you really look, if you really understand your market, it's it's by you know it, they gotta stay within their. Or am I wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's something to keep in mind. Something to keep in mind. So this has been a great talk. I mean, I know I actually I know Tyen's always. I always talk about trademarks, and he always says, you know, patents is where he's he's more experienced. And I know we talk more about trademarks today. I don't know if you want to add a little bit about the patent industry or if anything's also changing there yeah i mean the, the patent laws are always uh, evolving these days and and happy to and discuss that either today or in a separate talk but um you know the big issues right now at the at the patent office are always um on what we call patent eligible subject matter and and what the rules on on that are always changing and the case law is always coming down to help explain you know what the um what patent eligible subject matter really entails so and patent eligible subject matter generally relates to inventions more so in the software industry and the electrical arts um, but they can certainly also involve technologies and um you know pharmaceuticals etc but most of the issues that we're seeing are, are software-related inventions. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah. this is where I don't know about what level of business you need to be with patents. But, of course, patents are very, very powerful. Um, it's also, what's the big thing I learned about IP? You know, filing is one step, but the other step is enforcing it, right? You can get approved for an IP, but like I said about somebody that reported my page to Facebook, you got to actually try to keep enforcing it, right? Whether it's a trademark or a patent, you have to also be kind of leveraging what you have. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you essentially would be policing your trademarks. Uh, you have, once you've obtained the intellectual property rights, uh, they are legal rights that then you can go out and, and, and help um, make sure that your, your brands or your market share is not diluted, which is essentially what the, um, I guess the third party who contacted Facebook uh, wanted to accomplish. And, and it seems like they uh, 
they were able to accomplish what they set out to do, uh, which was Facebook said, okay, I don't want to be involved in this issue, and I'm going to take down uh, the subject matter on our website. And so in a way, it seems like the little guy, I don't know who it is, but maybe the little guy was able to scare the big guy. True. And that, that's sometimes the rights of, of patents and trademarks where you're actually carving out your um, your own pr- protection, protective fence around your technology or, or your brand in terms of trademarks. And, and then you can go out and enforce the rights or you can try and um, force others or uh, see if they want to obtain a license to the intellectual property. Yeah, that's uh, part of it, or or potentially even use that asset as a means to then um, broker a deal and sell the um, patent or trademark to a third party, and essentially make some some money from it that you can that you can put back into the business. Um, once you also obtain the intellectual property, and this is more in the uh, the field that I work in, where where then you can use the intellectual property and as collateral to, for example, obtain a loan to put money back into the business. Okay. So, yeah, lots of different uses of intellectual property, and maybe on a separate separate podcast uh, we can yeah talk we can about get that. you back on. It's always a pleasure yeah. to have you and sharing sharing your insights. So. Thank you so much. I think yeah, I think we got a great, great overview here, and some updates in the industry. Um, thank you again, Ty, Tyen, for uh, sharing with us. Hey, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show, and thanks to all your listeners. Uh, certainly, if there's any questions, feel free to uh, uh, reach out. Okay, we'll do. Are you looking for IP help or other? intellectual properties which includes trademarks patents copyrights all that stuff as amazon sellers business owners brand is everything protecting of course first filing and of course second protecting and also building a portfolio of ip is the real value in today's global world if you're looking for experts and introductions to those we put together crossborderip.com where you can connect with experts in the legal and IP world such as Tyann and others are in that network and we'll connect you to the right person based on your budget and your requirements and your needs check it out and give us some feedback also learn some more info at www.crossborderip.com thank you Tyann for sharing he's been on a show before and as always sharing knowledge and insights we're also here at uh, in the network there's a uh, developments of crossborderip.com it's a simple little website to help people get cross-border legal help i mean we've gotten lots of people in the community always asking for legal help asking for introductions to lawyers ip professionals so what uh, the community's done is put together crossborderip.com you can check it out or uh, find it in the show notes it's a way to help people getting uh IP help, maybe also some legal help, but it seems like that's the biggest battle is intellectual property, trademarks, copyrights, patents, you know, even uh, trade secrets. I've read books about it. I, th- I highly recommend learning about IP if you're a business owner. I think brand 
as we've talked about in so many shows for the for all these years on Global From Asia, brand is everything I think in today's world and getting proper IP in place in as many jurisdictions as possible. Of course, the U.S. is a big one. China is a big one. Getting IP in all these different places will be what protects you in the long term. I mean, it's what keeps you, you know, uh, a little bit safer. But I think we touched on it in the podcast, but you can't just file and then forget. You got to keep it up to date, um, not just on the, the government, but also, you know, checking maybe sometimes what I do is like a Google alerts. I think it's still free. Should be free. Google stuff's free. You could get the alerts to your email box when somebody's talking about your brand. It's also good for PR and just knowing what people are saying about your brand. So you can go to, uh, I think it's alerts.google.com or google.com slash alerts and then put some of your, your trademarks or your brands or your keywords you want to monitor and it will update you regularly about what people are saying, at least what gets indexed into Google. And when new stuff gets in there, you'll get alerts. I think a lot of IP lawyers and professionals and I hope brand owners and business owners could use that. There's also other paid tools that are monitoring your brand. And, of course, the tricky one, I've had battles on Alibaba with different brands I've had or products or I, you know, even your own designs. Sometimes we could talk about it here. I've been to trade shows and I've seen my own products there uh, from my own factories, which is tricky. Sometimes, you know, they don't expect you to be there. Or uh, I've had the issue on Alibaba where I would see it and I would search by my keyword and then I would see that it's um, it's in Alibaba or other, you know, directories. And... That's a tricky one. What are you supposed to do? I think Alibaba doesn't really care, <laughs> usually. I think maybe they care more now. But uh, you can contact the factory, especially if you know them. Usually they'll play stupid and say they didn't know or one of their other workers did it by mistake. That's what they say to me when I've, I've talked to the factories. But you try to let them get away with it once, maybe twice. It's, it's actually happened at the same time twice and they apologized again. Sometimes they just say it's their new worker. They don't know. It's not their product. They don't know. It's a specific private customer's design. So you do got to monitor this stuff. I don't know if it, it probably gets indexed in Google. Alibaba obviously relies on a lot of Google traffic for their business. So usually this stuff will get picked up in Google Alerts. But, you know, and of course, I think the best thing about a lawyer is to scare people. I've gotten scared from lawyers. I think I've talked about this on other shows where I've had U.S. lawyers on behalf of huge brands find my house, my parents' house in Florida, and uh, showed up in two black cars with a, a letter subpoenaing me for information on a, another person for uh, a domain that they have where they're selling products that are these clients, the lawyer's clients' brands. So uh, lawyers are good at scaring people. I think that's half their job is writing these letters and their name, right? Their law firm name at the top. And the more powerful the lawyer, the more uh, intimidating the uh, person receiving it or more intimidating it is to the person receiving it. So I think half the time it's uh, it's scaring. I think I mentioned in the show but I've I, I've logged in my Facebook lately and they said one of my pages got deleted because it's a trademark term. And I had that page made six, seven years ago. I'm not actively using it, 
but uh, you know that's that's a pain in the butt. And sometimes maybe I'm not even really using it that much. But somebody just because they follow the U.S. trademark contacts Facebook and wants to maybe take my page URL. Maybe they want my URL, so they say this is their trademark. And then I looked up their trademark because they have to tell me who it is. You can look it up. I mean, all this information is public. There's all of this, at least in the U.S. trademarks. I think even China trademarks. But uh, you can find all this for free. You can search and then see who they are and see what classification. And you can fight back. You know, law- lawyers are just trying to usually scare you to settle. They're trying to scare you to do what they want you to do. And they don't usually want to take court. So you got to play both sides, whether you're the person scaring somebody else to stop using your trademark or somebody's trying to scare you to stop using their trademark. It, it's a discussion, you know. It's not a half the time they're just trying to see what they get and get, get away with. And Amazon, Facebook, Google, they don't want to deal with it. They just do what the lawyer says to them. Delete this website. Take this domain down. Take this Facebook page offline. Take this product off Amazon. Usually they just listen to them and let the person receiving it deal with them and fight that lawyer or fight that person with that trademark. So I think it's a responsibility of us as business owners, Amazon sellers, etc. To, to understand brands, understand trademarks, and, uh, and know our rights. So on both sides it's a, it's a negotiation it's to scare or intimidate or influence um but it's also your job to protect your trademark and enforce it if you just file and forget and other people start using it i think after a certain amount of time it's not effective anymore because you didn't pr- police it yourself it's your responsibility to do that um for you listening i'm hanging out in promenade mall it's actually right next to the immigration nightmare i had they're not here anymore but i'm uh, recording this intro between meetings and Promenade Mall <laughs> in Thailand, Chiang Mai. But in uh, my last part of the blah, 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 if you're still here, you know, this is interesting. I, when I was talking to Tyan, I work with him on some trademarks and some other legal help, and he brought this news up and sent it to me, and I was pretty amazed. I mean, it seems like U.S. is finally warming up to the rest other parts of the world. I think in the U.K. trademark, you have to have a U.K. address to file. When I tried to do it, I needed to get a UK address, I believe. And China, as you know, China doesn't let anybody do anything. Uh, although you don't have to be a, a Chinese company to do it. I own Chinese trademarks with a Hong Kong company, or you can do it in other company names. Maybe they'll change now, too, though, after the U.S. does this. But uh, I think it's also a fact of just probably the ching Chinglish messages you must be getting as like a trademark attorney. Imagine working in the U.S. trademark office and getting uh, these responses from uh, people that don't speak English as a first language about their trademark uh, disputes or or changes. I could imagine what a nightmare it must be to try to understand what they're saying. So I think maybe they're just at the minimum trying to reduce the amount of illegible or not clear like filings or or letters or complaints or changes or updates or whatever contesting their... uh, disputes of uh, not being accepted as a trademark um i could just imagine that and uh today's show is just part of the category of this whole trade war and walls going up i just think it's another another notch on this negativity of walls going up and the last few shows i can say right look we talk about the chinese and u.s sellers and amazon with howard Tai. we talked about the protest we had chris moore on and we had Chris Thomas talking about is it what's the future of Hong Kong business and then uh, you know we're we're this is one with Tyen or talking about U.S. trademarks and uh, the requirement to be a U.S. Uh, person or a company. I just think things are 
really changing in the world and uh, it's fascinating and I hope you're enjoying it. I know it's scary. It's real. It's real. I mean, it's money, right? These tariffs are hitting and you're going to be paying if you're importing. And uh, who's that going to? They're probably going to the consumer, right? Ultimately, it's going to get added to the price of their product, whether uh, long term or short term. I think prices are just going to have to go up. But, um, you know, here at Global Maze, we're trying our best to keep it real. And it seems like listeners have been appreciating that and uh, already working on the next show. So thanks again for all your feedback, your support. And, of course, support our events, support the community, uh, and share this with your friends. i got some interesting shows coming up on us, so we're getting a little bit radical here. I guess I've started losing my mind. We'll see. Thanks again for listening episode 270 over and out to get more info about running an international business please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com that's www.globalfromasia.com also be sure to subscribe to our itunes feed thanks for tuning in